It's finally time for TJ's final. Plus, Nehemiah earns him some stars. Kayla gets caught cheating. Wes is carb loading like a madman. Everyone's headed to a private island to run the final in that hot, hot Panama heat. And John A and Wes use their legs and their brains to earn them the early leads. It's the Challenge All-Stars 3 Episode 9 recap coming at you right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On the pod today, we break down the penultimate episode of All Stars 3, which is what I said exactly one week ago on that podcast when I thought that was the penultimate episode. But no, it's a two-episode final challenge. We've got one more to go after this. We still do not know our winners. It's absolute madness, and we're here to talk about it all. I'll be breaking down this episode in full detail using our usual Cliff Notes recap, storylines, breakdown, awards, and predictions-based agenda that we've come to know and love throughout this all-star season. But first, some housekeeping to do. The schedule for this podcast is about to get pretty loaded for a week or two here. I will, of course, be back now next Wednesday to cover the final episode of All-Stars. Same time as always, early midday Thursday, Thursday afternoon. And I'm yet to determine if I'm just going to double up and treat that as the final recap plus full season recap episode or if we're going to do those separately. So stay tuned on that. We'll see how much there is to talk about with that final episode if those need to be two parts, two separate episodes or could all be done in one because that was the original plan for next week was to do the full season recap. But We will see. As for the Challenge USA, which is now one week away from debuting on CBS and then Paramount Plus the following day, next Wednesday evening on CBS, I managed to pull in an expert co-host for a season preview of this new branch of the franchise. Incredibly excited and absolutely honored that the queen of Challenge TikTok, Paige herself, joined me to break it all down. That will be released this Friday, two days from now, pending when you are listening to this podcast itself. That gives you the long holiday weekend to listen and get prepared for the newest season dropping next week. If you do not know who Paige is, well, you should get to know her. She is the host of the incredible podcast, Most Likely 2, where she covers the challenge and the wider reality TV world. As I said before, the queen of challenge TikTok. She's got incredible content, some of the best challenge cast member interviews you'll find. So, Go give her a follow in advance if you don't already subscribe to that pod. It was so cool to have her join me, and I think you're going to really, really like the Challenge USA preview that we've put together. So that will be out this Friday. And then finally, on the rewatch series front, wasn't able to get the gauntlet too ready for this uh, this week, mainly due to having maybe a little too much fun at my first ever Challenge Mania event last weekend on Sunday. Shout out to Scott Yeager, the host or co-host of the Challenge Mania, along with Challenge legend Derek Kosinski, of course. Scott put on an absolutely amazing event, getting to meet him, spend some time with him, meet and spend time with Brad and Jamie Murray was so cool, as well as all the other Challenge fans that were there, meeting a lot of other fans within the community. Such an incredible 
fun time. More on that in the future. If you live in Chicago or any of the cities that Challenge Mania is coming to over the next couple months, they got a bunch of events. I think there's tickets left for some. Check out their site, their pages. Go get you some tickets. Come meet me. I will be at the Chicago full event in September. Looking forward to that. But with that going on this last weekend, I had to push back the next rewatch episode. So the Gauntlet 2 podcast will be posted next Monday, which means we've got this podcast you're listening to right now today on Wednesday. We've got the USA Preview Pod with Paige on Friday. We've got Gauntlet 2 rewatch next Monday, All-Stars 3 next Wednesday, and USA Episode 1 recap on Thursday. That's five podcasts in eight days, starting with this one. An absolutely wild time in the challenge world right now. So thank you so much for being a part of it with me, being here, listening along with that. Let's get into All-Stars 3, Episode 9. Let's do what we're here to talk about. And as always, we've got to kick things off with our Cliff Notes recap. Starting off here, as we always do, we've got to cover everything that happened plot-wise of this first of a two-part finale episode. As I had said before, thought, thought this was going to be it, but there's a lot for them to pack in. And I'm glad the more we get, the better so. I'm all for it, and these Cliff Notes recaps, they're always fairly long. There's always a lot happening in every episode, but this one, very, very heavy on who's scoring points, who's doing what, what the rules are of what. So this could take a minute, but as always, we'll do it as fast as we can. Everything that happened, episode nine, all stars three in three, two, one, and we are off. Episode picks up where we last left off with Nehemiah and Derek dragging each other around the ring in a heated battle of pole wrestle. Ultimately, it's Nehemiah who gains the advantage, rips the pole away, and lights it on fire to earn his victory. The women are up next, we think, as TJ makes them gear up and go so far as putting their hands on the pole before telling them, you know what, never mind. We can't lose another female. We just lost Veronica, so you're both safe. No wrestling need be done. But it's not a final celebration yet, as TJ has one more twist in store. He brings the remaining eight players into the arena to play Wall of Fame, where they have to answer 24 questions about the entire cast of this season based on the finals photos that are on the wall of the house they have been living in all this time. Wes and John A take first place. Brad ends up last for the men, and after some pretty obvious cheating, Kayla is able to finish just before Naya, who comes in last for the women. No one is sent home, though. They are told that they are all in the final, and they will start that final in the order that they just finished this challenge. They go back to the house for final preparations and celebrations. Naya and Kayla fail to make up for the cheating issue, but the ladies do come together to share some wine and pool time while the men chill and Wes carbo loads. The final begins on an island off the coast of Panama. It's hot, and TJ lets them know it's going to be long and grueling as always. How it will work is a series of checkpoints with the race to each one being worth four points for first, three points for second, two for third, one for fourth. Many checkpoints will be done in mixed gender pairs. At each of those checkpoints, there will then be one-on-one face-offs where the winner will get five points, the loser absolutely nothing. Tally up all the points at the end of all the checkpoints, all the face-offs, and we will see who wins. The stars that they fought for all season long end up giving Nehemiah and John A, the two with the most respectively, each a five-point lead to start the whole final off. Checkpoint one, then, to kick off the whole thing is a long run down the tarmac and through some jungle. Wes and John A hold their first place starting position for four points. Nehemiah, Kayla, three. Mark Kellyanne, two. Naya and Brad rounded out with one point fourth place. First matchups require building a challenge 
three-page logo puzzle to complete a raft that you then paddle out and around a buoy. Wes beats Brad. Nia, Nia beats John A. Nehemiah beats Mark. And Kayla best Kellyanne. So those four get a five-point boost. Second checkpoint is part running, part tandem biking. And for the second final in a row, Mark Long's bike breaks on him. So he and John A. end up walking it, as most teams eventually would do, but from exhaustion on the other's part. Wes and Kayla take four points. Brad and Kellyanne, three. Nehemiah, Nia, two. Mark and John A. One. The second matchup is then a memory puzzle with a 400-meter run back and forth to see the answer key. Wes, Nia, John A., and Brad all secure wins in another five points. They start the third checkpoint, which is the run first, then tandem kayak second, and as the group gets to the kayak, the episode cuts out, and we are left to wait one more week to find out who the All-Stars 3 winners will be. To the storylines, we must go, and obviously an action-packed episode, but given that it's the episode that kicks off the finale. As far as storylines go, it's really down at this point of the season. The storyline is simply the competition. So let's let's walk our way essentially chronologically through the episode and talk about the different stages of the episode, starting with the pole wrestle that kicks it all off. We left last episode on a uh, you know a cliffhanger Nehemiah versus Derek pole wrestle we had seen they showed that you know Nehemiah maybe had an upper hand early we didn't know if that was just trying to fake us out if that's how it was going to go we were left in suspense and we get to this episode and we find out pretty quickly uh, that Nehemiah gets the win and my first thought when watching this was it's a, it's over pretty quick they don't you know obviously they got a lot to get to with this episode a lot to fit in if they want to show us everything that happens you know in this final that seems like it's going to be super long and a lot of stages and everything but uh it it makes me think maybe this pole wrestle wasn't the longest battle that uh we've ever seen in pole wrestle maybe i'm wrong maybe it was super duper long and we'll find out from derek or nehemiah or one of the others watching that this was you know one of those that's you know actually took 20, 30 minutes, something crazy that we didn't get to see. But Nehemiah, you know, has the upper hand from the beginning. He keeps the positioning. He's throwing Derek around a bunch. He gets the win. And that is a huge, huge moment for him. Definitely uh, a really impressive thing to be able to put on your challenge resume to beat Derek in a pole wrestle event and is another step in Nehemiah's quest to I've uh, lauded since All-Stars 1, where I talked uh, multiple times during All-Stars 1, that I loved how Nehemiah was one of the people who came into that season who was very open and honest about where he felt his standing in the game was, saying he wanted to earn his you know legendary status by going up against all these other folks. And you know that season was the one where they kind of started off as billing as the best of the best, and they quickly transitioned to like, no, just the stars, the people we love the most, which was more accurate. So I've always loved Nehemiah. Nehemiah treating these all-stars of like, I know I can be on that level of some of these other huge names and that I haven't earned my way, built the resume to necessarily be there yet, but let me show you that I'm going to now. And he's absolutely been doing that. And this is another huge step. He gets this huge win. He makes his second straight finals. Absolutely hats off to him. An incredible, incredible performance. On Derek's side, Super tough to see him go home. You'd love to see Derek in a final anytime you can. You just, you know, you love Derek in general. What a guy he is. Losing this, though, in, in the manner that he does, it does put a little bit into perspective, not, not anything about his abilities. He's an absolute badass, and he's absolutely, you know, one of the last people in challenge history I would ever want to go up against a pole wrestling. I personally would want to go up against absolutely zero people in a pole wrestle. I would break 
all the bones in my body uh, or just immediately lose within seconds, hopefully the latter. But if I was forced to do it, obviously Derek is, you know, one of the last, you know, handful of people that would be my choice. I would pick almost anyone else in the history of the game over him. But him losing here does show a little bit of the difference in a big way of the versions of pole wrestle that we've had in the past. Obviously, Derek's reputation is built on a lot of different elimination wins outside of just pole wrestle and just his entire reputation as, one, having a hell of a lot of strength in him, but two, and most importantly, just having an incredible amount of heart, an incredible amount of toughness, willing to take an absolute beating and never stop, never let go. That is his calling card. That is his biggest strength in something like this. And most notably, we saw that in he versus Joss, the you know one of the most epic eliminations there's ever been in challenge history back on Vendetta's. But looking at that versus this, it really highlights the difference between when they've got a single stick that you've got to hold on to versus the ring. And they have in, you know, over the last six, seven seasons, they've thrown in, you know, the pole wrestle. They've tried to find slight variations on it. Even this one we saw here was the little variation of once you get it away, it's not technically over. You got to run it over and light it on fire. Your opponent could catch you, tackle you, try to get their hands back on it, wrestle it away again. But They've thrown in a lot of elements. You know, we've seen three-person, one-on-one-on-one, two little rings you got to hold on to. We've seen the crazy eight that Joss and Derek use with two circles connected together. And it's very clear the difference between how easy, in in a easy, still difficult, but easier it is to hold on to a circular item where you can, you know, loop an elbow through it, a shoulder through it even. You can kind of keep your body on there. And for someone like Derek, whose biggest strength in this type of elimination is simply that you can beat him to death, to near death, literal near death probably. And if he, and he's happy to hold on, he has no problem. He could feel something break. He could feel all the things bruise. He could get pounded into the ground. A person could be twice his size. It wouldn't matter. He's got too much heart. He's got too much toughness. And that was why in an elimination versus Joss with a circular object, it's a little easier to be able to say, I'm just going to hold on and I can wrap my arms in here and it's a little, e- the holding arm parts easier. And now I can let my toughness and, you know, my fortitude and my heart shine by just, yeah, beat the crap out of me, Josh. I don't care. I'm never going to let go. Let's see if you get tired or bored or make a mistake or do something, but I ain't going anywhere versus the regular stick here where Nehemiah gets the position. He's got a little strength and it's way harder to hold on to this stick. It's not for any lack of desire or, you know, willingness to take the beating. It's just simply you can get the stick out of a hand a little bit easier than you can get a ring. That was very apparent watching this one. So Derek heads on home. I'm sure, as he says, and TJ laments, we will definitely see him again. He's embedded in this world. It's in his blood, as both he and Brad say at different times in this episode. And I'm glad it is, because he's such such a joy, such a wonderful person and character to have in this world. Can't wait to see Derek back on future All-Star seasons. But he's gone for now, and I'm excited to see Nehemiah getting into that second straight final, earning his way there with definitely the most difficult of many difficult uh, elimination wins this season. You know, we'll do a full season recap. We'll talk about what the elimination of the year is. It's going to be a tight one probably. You know, this one's definitely up there. Jordan over Darrell, certainly up there from earlier in the season. We'll see who ends up getting that. But then comes the women. And as predicted by me and pretty much by everyone, this one was fairly obvious. It seemed like everyone 
out there in the challenge community. I know at the Challenge Mania event uh, last weekend that I was at, my entire table, this came up very quickly. Do you think the women are actually going to have to do the pole wrestle? And unanimous, everyone was like, there's no way. They would be a shock if they actually had to do it. But the little bit of shock that still came is how far TJ was willing to take his fake out. The fact that he made them gear up do their little pre, you know, pre-interviews telling them, you know, get hyped up, get hyped up, say something, talk some shit into the camera, all this, go into the ring, put their hands on the pole. He says, are you ready? Backs up, acts like he's going to blow the horn. And then, no, never mind. You can stand up. And then he also, he makes it, he says you could stand up and then waits like 10 seconds to say anything else, which is, uh, you know, just great on his front. But I've got to say, while I predicted this and everything, I hadn't fully thought through for these two women, Kayla and Kellyanne. Yes, obviously you're elated that you don't have to do a pole wrestle, no matter who you're going against, if you're confident or not confident. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go through that brutality. You're just in the final. But what a shock to the system that has to be to get to that point. Because again, while I'm terrified of the prospect of ever having to do a pole wrestle, it sounds miserable and like my worst nightmare I do know that if, while never having done anything like that, that I can imagine that if you're going into a pole wrestle or any of these headbanger type eliminations, your adrenaline is on fire. You are so pumped up. You've got to have you know all the nerves, all the excitement, all the anxiety, all the adrenaline, all of the things coursing through your body, so amped, so ready to go, that the fact he made them get there, hold the pole, let that all hit a full 10, like they're right there, they're ready to go, and then to stop them, and then they don't get to let any of that out. You could tell a little bit, Kellyanne a little more after, maybe seemed like either just more relieved and or maybe more that she kind of expected that to happen all along, whereas Kayla, you could tell she was kind of stomping around a little bit and kind of just, you know, a lot of involuntary body movements where it was very clear, like, yeah, you, you, you got all that running through you. You want to get it out. You want to do something. You want to move. Like, I thought I was just about to wrestle for my life and for $500,000 and now literally nothing. So, can't imagine what kind of shock that was, but also what a relief that is to just be right on into the final. So that was the pole wrestling, but that wasn't the end of the arena in the episode. We then move into talking about the Wall of Fame game. TJ calls them all back down, and uh, let's first just say the game itself, absolutely love. I always love a game where they slide in some sort of like reminder to all these players that you should always be playing you should always be paying attention if tj says something and it seems like ah, that was a little weird uh, you know slightly odd offhand comment like when he openly told them earlier in the season to reminisce over those photos you gotta always be paying attention you gotta always be locked in you gotta always be looking for that little bit of an edge I love, love, love when they bring something like that in. Those are the types of little twists or little creative, you know, flair that they bring to it that I absolutely love. And I also always love a memory game is really fun and a cast as the answers type of game. Always a good time. So the game itself, I really liked everything about it. That's to the side, though. If no one's going to be eliminated, then why are we doing this? Because it seems like we're just adding this extra thing in. And if Ultimately, the reward is just, you know, uh, 30 seconds. And I guess I think they did 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. So, you know, two minutes from first to fourth. But if ultimately it's just what order you get to start a final in and really 
I guess, you know, that run ends up in that first part of the final. They they finish that first checkpoint in the order they start in a large part because of that little bit of lead. It wasn't the longest run ever. So maybe this this challenge you could say in effect your place in this affected, you know, four, three, two, one to start a final that's end up the winner's gonna end up being, you know, in the 30, 40 point range. Who knows how many points the winners will end up having. It doesn't seem all that impactful. And even for someone like myself, who is easily faked out, as we have documented this season, I am prone to totally buying, even if it's momentary, it certainly happens, the fake outs and the attempts at suspense that the editors go for, you know, with obviously the bananas thing. We talked all at length last week about them setting, you know, too high of expectations. And for folks like myself, who even if it's only for five, 10 seconds, and then we realize we're being silly, we do for five, 10 seconds, even are willing to believe like, oh, you just tried to tell me bananas is going to come as a mercenary. It's going to screw over Wes, you know, get all hyped up for that. So I'm easily faked out. But this one, even for this one, even for someone who's so easily faked out, I never for a single second from the moment he says like, we're not done here to the moment he calls them down to the moment he says, don't get last. He, I never for a second thought anyone was going home uh, at all. Definitely thought there's no way they're going to go drop this down to six people for the final. It's staying at eight. I didn't get faked out at all. And so if that was really the whole point of it was like to have this suspense of, oh my gosh, did, you know, did Brad and Naya in the end get, get screwed over? Are they now going home right before the final? No, it did that, you know, that didn't work on me, which means I'm guessing it didn't work on almost anyone. Cause I, I feel like I'm at the highly susceptible end of that spectrum and it feels like we could have just, you know, the stars could have been for both points and starting position in the final. I feel like we could have just skipped this whole thing and it just been the person with the most stars gets not only the five points that we they end up getting, John A and Nehemiah get, but also they start first, second most stars, male and female, start second, third, and fourth. They could have just done that. We could have skipped this whole thing. So while I like the game that they actually played, I think this whole thing could have been skipped, but... Because we didn't skip it, because they did it, we do get a little drama out of it when Kayla cheats off Naya. So let's chat about that. First and foremost, she clearly cheats. Uh, regardless of what her what she says after, her defense after the fact, pretty lackluster, uh, gotta say. It's very clear that uh, it's, a, you know, it's not a heartfelt defense of her. She's not trying to necessarily really even say that she didn't do it. She's maybe just trying to say, I did a little bit less than you think I did, even though I did all of it. Um, so she clearly cheats, which, uh, guess what? I do the exact same thing. If I was in her shoes, if I think there's a chance getting last in this means I'm not going to the final, I just worked so hard for and got all the way to this point for, and the whole reason I even came here for, and I have no idea what these answers are. I'm totally, I, I literally have no idea. I could, it's otherwise I'm purely guessing 24, trying to get 24 out of 24 right, which is an impossibility. It's not going to happen before the other three get it right. So in her part, in her position, I'm doing the same thing. It is part of of the game. And you know why we can definitively say it is part of the game? Because at the end, when they someone gets a check in the world of the challenge, guess what they do? You check, you, TJ says it's right, you mess up your puzzle, you take the answers off. Like right here, Wes and Nehemiah both immediately, it actually looks really cool when they do it on this one, just swipe from top to bottom all the way down, get remove those answers from the board the moment they are allowed to because they know 
other people are going to look at them. Why wouldn't you? You got it right. Here's the answer. I'm standing three feet away from you. Why wouldn't you look? No one ever, you know, they never really say in the rules. The only time if they don't want you to be able to cheat, they move those boxes way far away from each other, facing each other, whatever they got to do so that like, yeah, you can't run across the arena. But when they put them standing next to each other, of course, they're going to do it. It is part of of the challenge world. It's every puzzle, every player always does that at the end of every puzzle, even ones that you can't really cheat on, they knock over in dramatic fashion. So that is that, but it doesn't mean that it's also not blatantly shady and that in doing so, you do sign up for the blowback that you are going to get. It's all part of it. It's all fair. Both sides of this. Totally understand both sides. Totally understand Kayla. Probably would do the exact same myself in her position. And totally understand Naya being like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. She's cheating off me. I can't believe this. Now I'm pissed. Am I about to go home because of this? Holy hell. And then being super salty about it and really worked out up about it afterwards. Absolutely, I would also do exactly what Naya does in this circumstance. So both sides, 100% fair. Kayla knows it's a shady thing, but it's a thing that happens and is totally acceptable in this world. I'm going to get some blowback. I'll take the blowback because it means I won't, I'll still be here. Ultimately, she would have been there anyways. But we'll say, final thing on it, strategy-wise, very impressive of her of how she pulls this off because you know she cheats her way to I, it's hard to tell exactly where but you know to maybe like 20 21 of the answers or whatever she get waits until you know her and Naya and I believe Kellyanne was still in it at that point cuz I think Ke- Kayla actually gets second and then just beats Kellyanne and then Naya but she waits until she gets to only you know 3 or 4 left a number where it would make sense to start guessing and just say, well, if, I, if I'm if i cheating off this person, I think the first 20 are right. Now I've only got four. I can switch those around and ask for a check, switch those around and ask for a check and get it right pretty quickly, which is what she does. She stops trying to think, just goes with the, I can get this done in one minute if I switch and check. And that is how she goes from cheating off someone, but also beating the person she is cheating off of. So strategy-wise, you got you to gotta tip your cap to pulling that off. She definitely deserves the blowback that they get, though. And when they get back to the house, the conversation they have, Naya saying that they're not friends is just so great. Honesty in a challenge house. What a concept. I don't want you to be upset with me. My eyes gazed over to your board. Yes, but like I was in a panic. I caught you on multiple occasions, Kayla. And to me, that is cheating. I did not get any answers from your board. And even if I did, it wouldn't have mattered because I wouldn't know if yours were right or not. I know what I saw. And I don't want to argue about it. I don't know what to say because, like, it sucks because I really value our friendship. Like, I'm Kayla, not trying to upset you. Like, I just I'm met you four sorry. weeks ago. We're not friends. And if we were, and you would do something like that, then like, I wouldn't. I, Naya. I'm just I didn't like get. gonna have a hell of a time in the final. Just fantastic from Naya and one that moment where, you know, we said to start the season, our biggest hope was like give Naya that full redemption arc. Hopefully she ends up in all the circumstances where she can show us all that change or growth that she has made, how she's, you know, learned to, you know, make her strengths even bigger and remove some of her weaknesses. And she gets that exact moment right here. And we get to watch as, you know, she feels wrong. She's rightfully upset, but she knows, you know what? 
old Naya maybe would be so upset that we'd talk a whole bunch of shit. We'd let it completely mess up our preparation, our mental state going into a final. We'd shut down. We'd say it's over. But instead, we're just gonna we're gonna speak our truth. We're gonna let her know, uh, no, that was shady. Also, no, we're not friends. And then we're gonna move on, and we're gonna use that being pissed off to help fuel us to give us that little extra chip, that little extra thing in the memory bank when I'm super duper tired in this final to think back of, oh, I, I can't. Kayla's right in front of me, and I can't believe that she did that thing to me. Let me speed up here a little bit. Let me, maybe I got a little more in my lungs and in my legs than I think. Give her that little extra boost. So wonderful to see that from Naya. Absolutely have loved, loved this moment for her, loved this entire season for her. It's such a joy to watch her excelling here. We then move to the next portion of the episode. So then before we get to the final, we do have some time in the house. And that time is spent preparing for the final. And the first thing we got to say is they do not start the final right then and there after the elimination, which thank goodness. They learned a lesson from the previous season's fiasco. They decide to not only, it seems like, give them that night off, but it, it feels like, and I'm, I'm going to hopefully try to reach out and confirm with uh, someone, anyone that's actually was there of the cast members, it seems like they not only get the night after the elimination off, but then the entire next day in night uh, so that they get a true, like, hey, like, you can celebrate a little bit tonight after the elimination and then, you know, spend tomorrow, eat right, fuel up, get all the water in you, have a good night's sleep, or start in, you know, two mornings from now. So that is just a way better scenario. Gives, you know, the production crew time to, like, let's get this set up. Let's make sure we've got everything right and tight and, you know, locked down. Let's let our competitors actually, like, get some food, get some water, get some rest. This thing's going to be, like, complete hell for them regardless. We don't have to make, you know, Nehemiah come off a pole wrestle victory and go straight into spending the night outside and running a final and this, that, and the other. So great decision by them. But they all take preparing slightly different, a little bit. Uh, it is This is the part that is a tiny bit misleading from the edit. But it starts with, you know, the women are hanging out, uh, toasting, having a chat around the table. And of course, in comes Wes. Wes strolls through the kitchen in his tidy whiteies because of course he does. Wes, Bye. you wanna cry with us? We're about to have a cry sesh. Do you wanna come? Wow. Why are you blushing so much? <laughs> He's crying inside. <laughs> God. My prep for the finals from a biological standpoint starts up to four days before I think the final is. I'm taking in as many carbs as possible. I'm creating a deep balance of electrolytes and water that is necessary. Donut bread smells That's a really weird snack. And so when I see my fellow challengers, you know, drinking and staying up all night to celebrate the final. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He knows, oh, look, the four women, half of the cast that is left, are having a nice little moment, having a chat about making the final toasting. What? Obviously, the cameras are all over that. They're filming the whole thing. I might as well, you know, go get a little snack from the kitchen, and why would I put clothes on to do that? I'm just going to walk through. I'm going to maybe scratch my abs in the background. He knows what he's doing. He wants he wants that camera time, and he's earned it, clearly. The, the body is back to, you know, dual dual Wes and whatnot as far as all those muscles popping out. So hats off to you, Wes. And we, we know you're doing that on purpose and that's fine. We like it. We all love it. And 
The women's hangout eventually turns into some wine in a skinny dipping session in the pool, which is all fantastic. What a it looks like they finally got a wonderful like night to hang out in the pool, that pool with that view at night, the stars and sky. I bet that is amazing. It is important to note though, because they kind of where the editing, you know, maybe does the four ladies. It doesn't do them dirty, but slightly just the way they edit in Wes saying how like, you know, the rest of the people are staying up late drinking while I'm over here getting ready for this. I'm guessing that the women hanging out, having some drinks, chilling in the pool that night, that's probably all the night after the elimination. And then they got the whole next day and night. Uh, So I'm guessing that's not actually the night before they run the final. Who knows? They kind of make it try to seem like maybe that's the case, but I, I doubt it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully one day we could confirm that with someone from the cast itself. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing that is the case. Then though, as far while it's a little unfair how they how they you know portray that Wes's preparation is is a big deal. Uh, it is uh, an important thing to comment on here. This is the level he and a few others in the history of the game, in the recent history of the game. This is the level they play this thing at. This is how serious he is taking it when he says, you know, I'm trying to figure out that you know four days or so before. I think the final mission is going to be that I start preparing physically for that. I'm starting to eat all the carbs. I'm drinking all the fluids, getting my body absolutely ready, trying to save energy in, you know, in the workouts he's doing and if the dailies or the eliminations, if he can avoid them or do less, that's better. That's the level of seriousness. He takes this and a few others in the history of the show do, and that is such a big edge because – not a lot of people are doing that. Not a lot of people are thinking that far ahead. And it reminds me of the the level he goes to and specifically when he said, you know, four days out, I'm trying to start doing this. That it was Wes in Bananas. I think maybe it was the first time Wes was on Bananas podcast. Maybe it was somewhere else. Maybe they each individually commented on this at some point. And I'm just thinking because they may talked about the same thing. It was when they talked to each other. I'm not positive, but I am positive they both said this. They've talked in the past about the fact that when they get into a challenge house, the one the one piece of info they have to work off of is they are told going in, you know, what the length of the shoot will be. When they sign up for it, they're told, you know, it's going to be 12 weeks or 16 weeks or eight weeks or whatever, four weeks in All-Stars World, five weeks, whatever the All-Stars one is. They're told what the maximum shoot time is, and so they then know, uh, if you're thinking through it the way Wes and Bananas do, they both make actively make a little calendar in their notebooks. And after the first, as the first daily or elimination happens, they start to map out. Okay, if the shoot has is over by this date, if that's when you know we're contractually told we're going to be done by, that means you know the final would probably be you know these two specific days. And then they work backwards and they fill in the calendar, and they always are thinking and knowing. How many eliminations does that mean we probably have left? When is the final going to be? So Wes, when he says four days out from the final, I start to prepare for it. He has a he has a notebook there somewhere with a little calendar drawn out. He has a very accurate guess and is really trying to figure out exactly when that final is, when eliminations are, when everything is. So he's taking it to that level of serious, which is very impressive and something that it feels like you know all the players. It's it wouldn't be that difficult to do that, to draw out a calendar like that, but it takes, you know, thinking about it, keeping up with it, and having that level of seriousness to 
your gameplay, which few have, and it brings a huge advantage for him. And I feel like this prep for him is going to matter in a huge, huge way because this, the, what he's talking about doing, eating all the carbs, taking all the fluids, that's the type of stuff like true like endurance athletes, ultra marathon runners and triathlon runners and people like that. That's the type of stuff they do for their huge races. And that's more or less what a final is at this point. Now, the fact that most of the running portion of this final seem at least so far what we've seen is in pairs where you know West can't go at his full whatever his full speed is. He can only go as fast as the person he is with. I think that might actually be lessening his advantage a little bit. I think if this was all purely individual, it would show in a big way all that time we see Wes on the treadmill and all the preparation he did of like making sure he has the maximum amount of energy his body can possibly hold and fluids his body can hold. I feel like he would be smoking the rest of the guys on just the running portion if they were all allowed to just do the running, but bringing in the partner element levels that out a little bit, depending who you're with, what they're going to do is able to help some of the other guys keep up with Wes in this instance and help slow Wes down a touch. If you know, the fastest person of the eight can't be, you know, as fast as they could be because they're the fastest possible one. They have to at minimum be a little bit slower depending on, you know, whether they're matched up with the person who might be the second fastest in the whole group might be the slowest in the whole group. Either way, it helps level that out a little bit. But over the course of this thing, that's so hot, especially the, the heat and the humidity, they're sweating so much. You see, you know, Brad already cramping up early on, Mark cramping up early on. That is where, you know, this preparation for Wes definitely is, uh, is you know, what we don't necessarily see what the other guys and really what the other women are doing. Because, again, we don't we see them what I think is two nights before the final, not the night before the final. But I doubt that, you know, they're they're highlighting this for a reason. He's the only one doing it to this level. And I think that's going to matter in a big way in these hot, humid conditions. Let's, though, we're already basically talking about the finals. So let's move into that. The final storyline to talk about is the final itself. We get, you know, the first half of it, maybe the first third. We don't we don't know how much we've seen. We've seen two rounds of it. I love the format of this final. Everything about it so far, I think they're nailing it, which is a big deal coming off last season where, they did not nail it. They had some difficulties, as we documented, as everyone else out there documented, as the cast members that were a part of it, thankfully, were willing to come out and kind of push the envelope of maybe what they have been allowed to say, and they documented it. It was a big mess last time, and so far, this one, absolute well-oiled machine, absolutely great format, great uh, challenges, puzzles, everything. Love every part of it so far, and hoping and kind of expecting that to continue from the next week on. It looks like that. Um... It will be interesting to see if they force certain matchups for the one-on-ones um, or if that remains that you get to pick as you arrive. I think that could be a big factor moving forward into the rest of this final because, you know, if they keep it, you always, you know, as you arrive, you get to pick your station. And so, you know, you actually really want to be the second and third person to arrive or the ones really picking the matchups there. The third person even can, uh, some the second person could choose the matchup or leave it to the third person to choose their matchup either way. Or if they're going to make some way of, you know, you two haven't pl- played each other, so you're going against each other and they kind of force matchups. And it leads me to ask, could there be a chance the later we get in this final, if the points get to a certain position, could anyone throw one of the last one-on-ones to help someone else out. Now, 
This would be way more, uh, way more a consideration for me if Derek would have won that pole wrestle, and we'd maybe have you know Derek and Mark clearly wanting to work together, and Brad and Wes maybe clearly wanting to work together. Um, there isn't, you know, on the male side, it ends up being you know Wes, Nehemiah, and Brad all super, you know, they're, they've been working together, and you know Mark has been on a little bit the other side of them, but not the biggest divide in the world. They all love Mark. Mark loves all of them. So I don't know if we're going to see much of that on the women's side. Same thing. All of the you know the biggest alliances that were throughout the house, they've all gone by now. They're all pretty independent. I don't know that we're going to see anyone in this group trying out going out of their way to be like, well, that's my BFF. I'm in last. She's in second. Let's you know let's throw this one and get her a victory. The only possible chance I see of that happening is maybe Nehemiah and Wes. If one of them, you know, one of them falls way further behind, and the other ones, you know, you know, neck and neck with Brad or something near the end, maybe. That you know, I could see, I could see West maybe even more than Nehemiah. I could see both of them maybe if one if they fall way behind, come up to the one of the last one on ones and be like, you know what, I want to go against you know Nehemiah saying I want to go against West. Hey, I'm going to let you win this because I'm out of it now. It's you versus Brad. I want you to win or reverse order that West doing the same thing for Nehemiah. The reason I think that probably wouldn't happen again if this was the two of them versus Mark and Derek. I think they would definitely go that route. They would get to the end and try to figure out, all right, let's make sure one of us wins. But they love Brad so much. He's a part of their alliance, and I feel like he's going to be the one in contention with them. And Mark, you know, as far back as he is already in the points, not really going to be there where they're not going to want to do that to Brad, even to help each other. So probably not going to happen, but something interesting to think about could could happen. And definitely the way they set this up, I bet the producers are hoping that maybe there's one of those that comes out of that. As for the performances for the first part that we've seen here, you know, as Mark himself says, he's not really built for all the running, so it makes sense that, you know, he's not doing so hot. We'll recap the full points here at the end of this, but he's, you know, he's in fourth place and pretty far back on the men's side. The running is definitely getting to him. He, you know, he's got to make up all that time in the one-on-ones, which he is yet to be able to do. So we will see if the Godfather can make an epic comeback. But it was a real bummer, you know, for him going in with four stars to Nehemiah's five. You know, he had the second most in, you know, of anyone. And then it ends up not mattering. He doesn't get anything for that. That was definitely, you know, an early blow. And then the bike is another one. And just he continues to take them. So we'll see if he's got to come back in him. Wes is absolutely crushing. He has won both checkpoints. He has won both one-on-ones. The maximum points available, 18, he has gotten. And he would be up even more. It would be 18 to 10. Second place would be 10 with Nehemiah, except he had that star bonus. So 18 to 15 keeps it right neck and neck. But Wes, absolutely dominating so far. Maximum available points he has gotten. Kellyanne, She's struggling a little bit. My pick to win of these four, my pick to win all season long in last place on the women's side, losing to Kayla was a big blow. You get, uh, you know, the puzzle was part of the of the paddle part, but it's it's just putting together the challenge logo. It shouldn't be a very hard puzzle. You should all do it relatively the same amount of time. Losing the kind of physical paddle versus Kayla, that matchup I feel like is going to come back to be, you know, a pivotal moment on the women's side. And then, she catches the bad break, and you know when it's always partners up. It's always you know it's it's where's your luck gonna be? Are you gonna get partnered with the right person at the right time for the you know the part portion of the final that they kick ass at, or are you gonna be at partnered with them when the one that they struggle with, or where they get injured, or where they you know have some setback? She gets that with Brad. 
going into the second leg, I'm like, ooh, Kellyanne and Brad paired together on this run and bike. They're going to make up some ground here. They're going to score them some points and move up that leaderboard. Brad starts cramping up, causes them a lot of delays. They end up get coming in fourth on that leg. So Kellyanne falls back to the back of the pack, but I don't feel like she is out of it. I don't feel like anyone on the women's side is out of it the way I feel like maybe on the men's side, Mark may be out of it. It would take, it would take something pretty special for him to come back from this point forward. Couple questions and expectations for the rest of the final then. We do see in the next week on glimpses of the things they're going to have to do, including a push-me-over type, a king of the raft, queen of the raft type challenge where you know, one-on-one push each other off the floating raft on the water, which obviously a very, very physical-based event. How many of these uh, checkpoints do we have left and how many of them are going to be physical versus puzzle? Because on both sides, the men and the female side, I think that's going to play a big role in who wins this whole thing, especially on the female side, where I feel like if it's more puzzle-based, if we get more puzzles than physical for the one-on-ones, John A is going to be in a sweet position. She's going to be able to have a huge advantage if we're doing a lot more puzzles using a lot more brain power. Naya or Kayla, though, would get that advantage maybe over John A if we're looking at a lot more physical ones, because you know I think of if we see that king-queen of the raft scenario, I feel like Naya, no matter who she goes up against, she's going to have a major, you know, the favorite to win her matchup on that. And so is it going to be lean physical? Is it going to lean puzzle? Is it going to be a pretty even mix of both? And who is that going to help in the long run? You know, for John A, especially trying to defend her crown, go back to back, the first all-star to go back to back, the first person in uh, not a while. CT just went back to back. I was about to say the first person in a long time to go back to back champions in any form of the show, but obviously CT just did that. But to join CT in a recent back to back victory would be huge, huge, huge for her. So we will see which way that goes. And then, as I alluded to before, how many of these checkpoints will there be? How many of the one on ones will there be? How many of them will will they stay pairs all the way through for each checkpoint? Will eventually some of the checkpoints be? Uh, you know, individual, or will some of the one-on-ones turn into two-on-twos? Will they flip-flop that around? Who knows? Current scoreboard as we end this episode, on the men's side, we got Wes at 18, Nehemiah 15, Brad at 9, Mark at 3, women's side, Jeanne 15, Naya 13, Kayla 12, Kellyanne 5, and again, if we remember the bonus points coming in, Jeanne and Nehemiah getting those, the women's side, Naya is winning the actual, you know, who has scored the most points in the final at 13. John A is ahead of her at 15 because of that five bonus. So Nia and John A really crushing. Kayla right there too at 12. Kellyanne back. I feel like, as I said before, Kellyanne is still totally, totally in it. I feel like Mark at three on the men's side is is not. I don't think there's any way Wes, you know, does so badly and Nehemiah so badly that, you know, that 12 and 15 point gap respectively between them. That's a lot to make up when every round that they do, there's a possible nine points up. If you win you know, the checkpoint and you win your one-on-one, you get nine points per round. So a lot of points could be accumulated, especially you know, if this is, we see a lot in that next week on. So it feels like we saw two checkpoints this week. It feels like we're going to have at least three or four, maybe more to go. So it's a lot of points out there, but 
it feels like Wes and Nehemiah, neither one of them is going to start just losing everything and, you know, allowing that big of a gap with them and Mark. It would take a really special, like, Mark getting first, 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 Wes and Nehemiah getting third and fourth over and over for that to happen. But on the women's side, it feels a little more attainable. Only a 10-point gap between first and last and Kellyanne and John A. And so feels like it's absolutely any woman's game on that side and really is going to come down to, you know, who, what are the matchups for the one-on-ones and when do people have to go against others for their strength or versus their weakness? And we shall see, but we've got a full, full episode to go. That is, that's all the storylines really for the episode. Again, you know, not as much storyline is actually just, you know, plot competition, what happens, but Regardless of that, we still do have to hand out some awards, so let's transition into that, get the hardware out, and hand out some awards. First award, as always, we're talking best quote, and we picked up a little bit the the slack that there's been the last few weeks on All Stars. We're a little, you know, pretty light on the quotes. We got it back this week, some good ones. We've got five nominees, over half of them coming from one person, but we start with Nehemiah, who is very confident going into that elimination versus Derek. Derek is starting to give in. His breathing is getting heavier. He realizes now what he is in for because I'm about to eat him alive. Pretty incredible that they get to match that soundbite of Nehemiah saying he's going to eat him alive with the Naya confessional soundbite saying he's going to eat him alive. So very, you know, not planned between them, obviously individual confessionals, but was funny to see those back to back. They were definitely on the same page. Everyone up there saw it coming. Then we've got Wes, the first of three times we've got Wes after winning the, the, uh, you know, the faux fake elimination round gaining getting himself the starting position in the final he lets tj and the audience and the rest of the cast know that yes maybe he hasn't been putting forward his best effort before but he's going to now listen i am so freaking tired of sandbagging challenges so i can pretend to be mediocre that now that it's time to uh, show up i showed exactly what a real all-star looks like is claiming all season long that you're purposely trying to look mediocre, you're purposely trying to not win challenges an easy way to just get around the fact that you maybe didn't win as many as you otherwise think you should have? Sure, but I feel like there's also a little bit of truth. It's one of those great things about Wes. It's like, yes, there might be some truth to this, but I also think you tried a little harder than you're letting on, and you're just a very uh, smart person, manipulative person who knows how to work it in your favor regardless of what happens. Then Wes comes back with another nominee for the quote of the week, which is a great, great one to just sum up. I love the quotes when people sum up the world of the challenge, the game of the challenge so well in talking about what it means to actually sign up to come do one of these and do one of TJ's final. Love what Wes had to say on that. I've almost died in every final I've ever been to, and so has half the people that have ever been to a final. This is designed to break you. Knowing that and still signing up for it is pretty sociopathic, but it's also pretty exciting. Fourth is Mark Long, who, as we referenced earlier, he admits himself he's not necessarily built for the running. He's not built the same way that these other guys are built. Let's hear exactly what he thinks of his body's build. 
I am not built for running. I am like a Mack truck. I get like eight miles to the gallon. These guys are like mopeds, and I just don't want to get lapped by Brad. That eight miles a gallon, that's city though. He gets a good 12, 13 on the highway for sure. And then the fifth and final nominee for best quote is Wes yet again. Uh, As always, he's a confident, confident man, and he uh, lets you know when he wins things, as his previous nominee already did, and he does it again. He nails the memory puzzle. He gets it super fast. TJ says that just as much, and Wes lets him know that, hey, those rumors you may have heard, they're actually facts. That was sick. The genius stuff, that's not a rumor. These are just cold, hard facts. As the kids say, 100. Is it easy to say? Come on, man. You can maybe, maybe you know, let's deflate that ego a little bit. Sure, but also he constantly backs it up. So it's what it's what makes Wes so so wonderful and uh, you know so infuriatingly great at the same time. Gotta love him. He does get the award for the best quote here. I'm going with signing up for this is pretty sociopathic. I just love that. Uh, It seems like an accurate representation of what they're doing. Sociopathic, but super exciting at the same time. Moving on to best moment, two nominees here. We've talked about them both. We played clips of them both for you already. But Kayla and Naya, the chat that doesn't go over so well. I just loved everything about that. I love the honesty from Naya of like, wait, wait, wait. We're not going to do one of those fake things where we say, we're such good friends. We met four weeks ago. Come on. I'm pissed. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to I'm gonna not do anything about it the way I would in the past and maybe get myself in trouble or ruin my chances in a final, but I am pissed. Don't say we're friends. We're done here. Moves on. Loved, loved that whole, that whole com- that conversation. Loved everything that led to it with the whole Kayla cheating incident in general. We talked at length about it before. We don't have to again. Second moment. Also talked about this before, but the women's hangout, Wes coming through in his underwear, him giving his full, you know, this is my strategy to prepare for the final. The women kind of laughing and be like, okay, like you can leave now. John A hits him with the, the big loaf of bread. He leaves. They head out to the pool to stargaze for a while. That entire sequence is really, really great. And that is what I'm going to give the best moment of the episode two. Then we move to our third and final award. That is going to be the episode MVP, which three nominees two nom or yeah three nominees one of which will win got to give Nehemiah one you know a shout out he beats Derek in a pole wrestle that's an incredible feat anytime you do that you have to be nominated for the episode MVP just on the back of that alone amazing performance for him is killing it so far in the final right there up near the top of the standings with Wes possibly redeeming the mess that was last season's final maybe he's going about to get himself a win but shout out to him he's nominated for the episode MVP as is Naya Obviously, you know, for just being super present in the moment, showing that growth, being a badass, performing really, really well in the final, but mostly for being able to handle, you know, that shit situation that comes. Kayla does the little cheating. It's a little shady. It's understandable, as we said, but it's also understandable that Nia gets super pissed and it's super awesome how she channels that and uses that to her advantage for the best case scenario outcome to come of it and not the worst case scenario that a few years back we may have seen her go down. So shout out to her. Loving, loving, loving. As I said before, everything from her this entire season. She is absolutely wonderful. She is a nominated, but she is not the winner of the episode MVP because yet again, I don't have it up here, but this is not the first time this season, second episode in a row. And I think the third or fourth episode of the season that Mr. Weston Bergman, it has to be the MVP. (laughs) It can't really be any other way. It's got, it's pretty obvious. I mean, this episode is, you know, he's front and center a lot, even, you know, not having been in the elimination to start 
but you know he wins the the secondary you know the little mini non-elimination elimination game he gets a perfect score so far in the final he has a bunch of the biggest quotes of the week he's a part of the best moment of the week it's it's pretty clear and obvious that he is yet again this episode's mvp finally we would normally at this point do our power rankings but we're halfway through a final it seems a little silly to power rank them we will discuss predictions though our preseason predictions we can now lock in some of them that the finalist we ended up getting six out of eight right which got to give myself a pat on the back that is far and away the best I have ever done at any of these preseason predictions Wes Nehemiah Brad Mark Kellyanne Kayla said those six would be in the final I got the men four for four exactly the four that end up in the final can't believe I did that Veronica and Ronnie the only two I missed I predicted Wes and Kellyanne would win at the beginning of the season I predicted last week that they would win that is to be determined next week the other predictions I made for this episode said Nehemiah would win the pole wrestle boom nailed it said Kellyanne and Kayla wouldn't have to pole wrestle boom nailed that one to the third and final one again Wes and Kellyanne would win to be determined which leaves me for next week a power ranking a prediction everything I'm going to, for the first time all season, and stuck with it all season, Wes and Kellyanne, Wes and Kellyanne, Wes and Kellyanne. I do think, as I said before, Kellyanne could pull off a pretty incredible comeback. She's, I think she's, there's still a sliver of a chance, but it's, it's small. It's going to take something crazy. It's going to take a pretty monumental feat on her part. I think it's possible, but I am going to change my prediction, and I am going to say that for next week, I believe Wes and Naya are going to be the two that end up winning I, you know, uh, the great thing about this cast of all-stars, the great thing about this season is honestly, any of these eight people winning, I could really get behind as a fan. I would really, really love for them as people. I'm really, really finding myself loving the idea of John A winning a second in a row. I just think that would be so, so fun and so cool. And I loved so much her getting the win last season and everything, you know, that did to bring kind of her character arc and her person full circle It'd be wild to see her win a second in a row. I think it could happen. She's obviously in the pole position right now. But if I had to lay predictions out after watching this first one, I think Wes and Nia are going to pull it off. So we will find out. We will, of course, be back next week, as we said earlier. Um, depending how loaded the episode is, how how in-depth it is, we'll either do two more podcasts for the season, a finale recap, and then a full season recap and awards, or might mix that into one whole episode if it's not going to be too lengthy, but you know how it goes here. I talk forever. I thought this episode was going to be the first one that's only like 30 minutes long, and here we are an hour later. That's the way it goes. So it's probably going to be two episodes. Either way, no matter what, one of those episodes, if not the only one, will be back next Wednesday to cover the finale when it happens, and then immediately after that, we get two episodes. We get a finale and a premiere in the same freaking day how wild is that by morning we're watching challenge all-stars finale by evening we're watching the challenge usa uh first episode premiere remember challenge usa premiere podcast with my special guest co-host Paige from most likely to queen of challenge tiktok she will be here with me on friday breaking it all down so check out that that is specifically to if you're someone like me who's a challenge only fan you don't watch big brother you don't watch survivor amazing race you don't know who any of these people are 
This is the pod for you. I don't know who any of those people are. That's why I brought Paige in. She helps us learn everything we need to know about them. So check that out on Friday. The Gauntlet 2 rewatch series will be back next Monday, recapping that unbelievable season, the first of TJ's career, and then All-Stars USA. Everything next week. It's a big, big time packed schedule here at the Challenge Historian Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you again soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend ahead of us. Until next time, peace.